Welcome to the Be Their Dad Show. Becoming a father is one of the most rewarding yet challenging times life has to offer. One man has made it his mission to help fellow dads lead long, active lives with their kids. Here he is, your host, Miles Lundy. My guest today is Edward Saylors, an ex-military dad of four. On the show, we dive into the world I think most dads can relate to, which is doing everything you can to provide for your family. While working 12 to 14 hours a day, Edward had very little time to or energy to put into his health. As a result, his weight ballooned well up over 300 pounds. During Edward's time in the military, he constantly struggled with meeting the weight standard requirement, which led him to basically starve himself every six months just to make weight. Finally, after 17 years, he left the military, but found it very challenging to find a civilian job which could use his skill set. And during this time, his weight troubles continued until one day he got out of bed, sick of feeling terrible, and said, no more. Take a listen to Edward's story. I think you'll find it very relatable and inspirational. Enjoy. Edward, welcome to the podcast, man. I really, I've been hanging to get you on here for a little while. Um, I know for you, it's been a you know an amazing journey. I just, I think your story is so relatable to a lot of dads out there. I just was really looking forward to uh, and hoping, crossing my fingers, hoping that you'd come on. So thanks for being on. No, no problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Um, so can you maybe just start off with just a bit of background about yourself, so we can get the, let the viewers and listeners know a bit about yourself first. Yeah, my name is Edward Sailors. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee area. I'm married to a wonderful wife and got four beautiful children. Yep. No, that's fantastic, man. Um, and so one of the questions I like to start off with is uh, favorite song growing up. What, what, what was it for you? What comes to mind? What, usually it's uh, something from the 90s, but you know, whatever it is for you, what is that song? If you had to pick uh, one. Guns and Roses, Civil War. Oh, fantastic. And what, is that, and what does that one remind you of? Just hanging out with my family when I was a kid and a lot of my friends listened to it. So, you know, it was the good music back then. Uh, it's the best. They don't actually play that song as much as they should. They play all the uh, more Appetite for Destruction album stuff. That one doesn't come on as much as probably as much as it should. Yeah. Yeah. You still listen to it a fair bit now, do you? I do. Probably a couple times a week. <laughs> good man. Crank it in the car. Yeah, I have about an hour commute to work back and forth. I uh, always have time for music on the way there and home. Nice. And do you listen to, um, are you on the, the Spotify or Pandora bandwagon at the moment, or are you still on CDs, or what do you, how do you listen to your uh, I'm music? I'm on the Spotify. The yeah. I do the Spotify, and we pay for the subscriptions because my whole family uses it. So. Nice. Yeah, we do the same thing. Interestingly, the other week, um, I was having my workout and I was listening to some, like, yeah, some some rock mix, you know, I think it was Alice in Chains was on or something. And then it stopped. And then um, I looked at it and my wife was at home putting on something and it was like um, uh, some uh, country singer song. I'm not into country myself. I know a lot of people love it, but for me, it's not not for me. And and I was just like, oh, man. So I just, you know, it's good to have the family access. But then the problem is, of course, that um, everyone else has access. So if you're listening to it and then they come in and then they take it over, that's the that's the pain in the butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so look uh, let's jump into things just want to first start off what was your journey like coming to uh, becoming a father what was that like for you what was it like probably just before having kids so what was your life like at that point and then we'll get into and, and, and get a feel for what it was like having kids yeah I was uh, in the military and me and my wife we were 
fairly newlyweds, about a year into our marriage, and just enjoying life as a newlywed couple. And were you, so obviously military, were you uh, traveling a fair bit, or were you stationed anywhere, or what were you? Uh, I was stationed in Vero Beach, Florida, and that's where I uh, met my wife at. So worked out pretty good being stationed there. <laughs> yep. It was fate, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what then was it like? So what was the, you know, when did you start having kids? How old were you started having kids? Uh, around 22. Okay. Yeah, so relatively early. We got, my wife found out she was pregnant, and then we got transferred to Texas. So we're moving from Florida to Texas with her expecting. So you know how that goes. Pretty mm. far along in the pregnancy. Yeah, and so she was, to, yeah, towards the end. We yeah. got yeah, we got settled in Texas, and then we found out that our daughter, she was she had a couple of medical issues going on, so she was going to be pretty sick when she was born. and had a tough road ahead, so that was very overwhelming as a brand new parent and your first kid. <laughs> oh, I bet. And was it a lengthy process then of the the, the sickness or the illness that she had? Or? Yeah, she was born October 23rd, and she didn't come home till December 9th. Wow. Yeah, so a long time in the hospital. Sorry, she was in the NICU, and she was had surgery when she was eight days old. And after that, they got her fixed, and she's been pretty good ever since. She's had a few hiccups along the way, but she's doing quite well. Well, that's fantastic to hear, man. Yeah, it's always challenging. My fir our first one was uh, healthy, thank thankfully, 100%. And then the second one that we had, um, our boy, yeah, had to spend – they thought he might have had an infection, and so they had to keep him over for a few days. And, and that was nothing major, but, you know, he was sitting there with the tubes and all the, you know, IV and all that kind of stuff fed into him. And it was it's, – it's never a good look. It's never a good feeling when you have that. Definitely not. Yeah. And so were you around much during that period of time then, or were you having to go off, or what were you? Uh, I was, where we were stationed at, there wasn't really a big hospital, so we had to go about an hour and 45 minutes away to a hospital that could handle her needs. So I was working and having to drive down there to hang out, make sure everything's okay, drive back to work. So it was, it was a long commute for that town span. And were you guys going every day then pretty much or every couple of days out there? Or what, how are you managing uh, that? My wife was down there full time. Oh, okay. And, yep. I was, and I was just commuting back and forth from work down there. And how often were you getting out there? Uh, every day. Yeah. Oh, really? So you were doing the hour yeah. 45 every single day? Yep. The hour 45 each way. Jesus, man. That's, uh, I mean, you got to do it, don't you? Because, you know, once a yeah. new kid, you know, of course you're going to, that's, that would have been a hell of a strain on you guys at that time. Yeah, we do anything we can for our kids. So. Yeah, obviously, that, that definitely comes through. Um, and so what did uh, what did you go? So if we transition now into – so you obviously had – that was the first one, and you had, you've had you had three more since then. You said you've got four kids. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, did you have them over fairly close together, or you know, did you distance, distance um, them apart the first, a bit? Or? The first three were four years apart. And then the last one was 18 months apart from the third. So. Ah, right. Yep. So was that a surprise one or is that all planned that way? Because <laughs> sometimes uh, they're a bit longer. Yeah. It was a surprise to me and hey, my wife. Uh, <laughs> but we took it and tried. Of course. Yeah. No, of course. And how do you manage having four kids? I 
I, I've got two, and I've said before, I don't know how people do it with more than two kids because um, the, the way it was best described to me is going from man-to-man to zone defense, you know? Like, it's you can have one-to-one if it's two kids, but as soon as you get outnumbered, it's like you have to just keep your head on the swivel the whole time. Uh, you got to have a strong teammate with you, man. My wife, she is rock solid. And with me being in the military, I was gone a lot. So I had to de- depend on her to hold down the fort while I was gone. So basically, she's the rock that made everything stay grounded. And did she – so is she – does she work at all then at the moment or, or through that period uh, of time? Or was she at home the whole nope, time and you were been, working? We've been fortunate enough where she's been a stay-at-home mom the whole time since the kids were born. So. Yeah. Now that's good. We've done the same. We've been able to do more or less the same thing um, that space. So that way we don't have to worry about childcare and that kind of thing, which I understand is a need and, and good for a lot of people. We were just trying to avoid that situation if we could. Yeah, we're definitely trying to avoid the added cost of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it definitely adds up. Hey. Um, and so, so how old are your kids now? Uh, my oldest is 14. And I got a 10-year-old, 6-year-old, and 5-year-old. Yeah, right. That's a hell of a span. Yeah. <laughs> so okay so having kids you went through that period and um walk me through then um after having kids what let's let's kind of interweave this in with your health kind of how did that what was your health like prior to having kids and then how did that affect things once you started um yeah started having kids i, I imagine especially if you had an hour 45 commute each way that would have affected things as well yeah it was kind of in the you know the military you had to keep up with your weight standards uh that was a battle my whole career. And then also just finding time to actually take time for yourself. You know, kids first, wife first. So, I mean, as a dad, you usually sometimes you're on the back burner because you're trying to give yourself to everything else. So that definitely caused my health to deteriorate. Yep. Tell me a bit more about that. I want to dive in because this is, you know, I, th- I, I wanted to bring you on because, I mean, obviously you've achieved some good results over this last year or so so we, we want to get into that but i want to get into a bit more of that nitty-gritty about if if you're if you can about what was that like because i honestly think a lot of guys are in that or have been or in um that same same position i think you can make it if you can tell your story as honestly as possible that will really help i think a lot of other guys as a lot of other dads as well yeah so, not definitely what, um like you you know how it is with kids nobody wants to eat the same thing <laughs> you always have something going on, either doctor's appointments or school or extracurricular activities, and you don't have time to eat healthy. And the quickest thing, that you know, every kid likes french fries, every kid likes Happy Meals. So, I mean, you kind of put yourself on the back burner because you want to make them, appease them, make them happy, and you kind of just, while I'm here, I'll go get this cheeseburger, I'll get this chicken tender, you know, and it just adds up. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And so as, as doing that, what uh, were you doing any form of, I mean, obviously you had a physical role. Um, were you doing any form of exercise at that time as well? Uh, just like I'd play pickup basketball or oh, yeah. you know, softball league, stuff like that, but nothing, not dedicated to working out. So, mm-hmm. And what, I mean, what did you? The big thing for Go. me is your food, healthy food uh, on a, a young family, a single-income family of four, healthy food is a lot more expensive than fast food, without a doubt, hands down. And then you got gym memberships and all that. It's almost hard to budget in to eat healthy in today's world. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people would resonate with that 100%. And uh, you know, it's interesting, though, just on that, I find um, I probably have McDonald's or I had probably was having it mm, once a year or something like that. So obviously not very much. But when I did have it, it would cost us I mean, this is in Australia. So it's a little bit different prices. But you know, it cost us 20 25 bucks for a family of four total um, two kids and obviously my wife and myself. And I would eat it. And then afterwards, I'm like, I'm still hungry. Like th that did not fill me up at all. I don't know if you guys experienced that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you know, you're going to get the the most you can for your money. So you're getting the double quarter pounder instead of the regular cheeseburger. You're getting the eight-piece meal instead of just a snack. Yeah, and I found, like, well, I could probably spend 20 bucks and get, you know, like chicken and rice. And I could make that, you know, although it's not, like, um, you know, the gourmet meal, it's still better than, you know, that option. And that would definitely fill me up more than it would. So I felt like I was actually spending more money or about the same money that I would normally spend on a meal, but I would still be hungry afterwards. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good point. But I mean, with our time and schedule, I mean, it's just really hard sometimes to eat healthy as you would like to. And then I don't know, some about, you know, you eat that candy bar, you eat that piece of chocolate, you eat that cheeseburger, it feels good for the second, and then... It does. <laughs> and then once you're done with that, you're like, man, did I really just eat all that? <laughs> it's a funny, it's like that right, the minute before, you're like, this is the best decision I've ever made. And then like the minute afterwards, you're like, oh, what did I, what, what just happened? What did I do? What have I done to myself? Definitely. <laughs> and so what kind of hours were you working um, during that period of time? With the young, with the younger kids, and and that kind of thing. When you're... No, usually four in the morning to about five or six in the evening. So big days. Big days. And so you wouldn't see your kids obviously until nighttime. Correct. Yeah. And what was the nighttime routine like? Did, what time did the kids go to bed? Just out of curiosity, were they? Did you keep them up a little bit later so you could see them and spend a bit of time with them? Or. Uh, no, me and my wife, both. She's she's pretty. She's really about the schedule, so she she put them to bed. I think my kids go to bed about, even now, they go to bed about 7.30 every night. And we, we have dinner about 5 o'clock, and then from that time, it's, you know, trying to herd cats getting the kids down for the bedtime. <laughs> so we uh, got to do baths and stories and prayers and everything else, so organize chaos, and then after that, it's, either a little time you get to spend with your family with your wife and then bedtime it's crazy isn't it because we we a lot we, we usually kind of ours is seven thirty bedtime as well and so we try to do something like six forty five is is the cutoff period where we start looking at okay six forty five is the starting the bedtime routine and it's like why does it take 45 minutes to basically you know brush your teeth go to the toilet have a few books, you know, and then like spend a little bit of time cuddling or whatever and then go to bed. Like it's just insane, but it always takes at least that long. It's nuts. Oh, yeah. So it obviously well, takes up a lot of time. It's easier, though. Has My it? Kids, yeah. Well, you know, as kids as get older. they get older, they get more self sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said your oldest is what, 14, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously they're pretty self sufficient at that point. I haven't hit that stride yeah. yet. And my oldest is seven, so I've got a long ways to go until we hit the 14. <laughs> Um, and tell me a bit more about, cause I know then, uh, before we lead that into when I'm, when I caught up with you, when I first kind of, um, interacted with you, chatted with you last year, I can't believe that was like a year ago now, but when we did, um, you were telling me a bit about how you ended up in the military, 
um, and how your weight was the issue. And then you kind of got, you know, discharged from the military. Can you just walk me through that whole process? What happened there? Yeah. So there toward the end, I finally hung it up so I couldn't deal with the weight. It's like yo-yo dieting every six months, trying to get down to your weight. So. And what I, were you doing to try to get your weight down? You know, all the bad things, not eating, working out too much, taking the the TV scheme pills and everything else, trying to trying to get down. There were days I would eat one can of tuna all day and drink water, and that was it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you got we do what we can to provide for our family, and that's 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 your sole source income. You're gonna do what it takes to get the job done. And so, at the time, you obviously felt like that was what it was gonna take to get the job done for you. Yes. Yeah. Did it work for a short period of time then? It did, but it always came back and came back in a fury and more. Yeah. So, what kind of weight did you lose during that period of time? Do you remember? Uh, I would lose like forty six. 50 pounds in like a month and a half. Wow, that's pretty fast. And so what was your weight, just to get a bit of context around that, what was your weight before and after, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, I mean, my max level weight was like 215, and I was usually hovering around the 260 range. So, and I was 6'2", so I mean, it's not like it was, I, I guess it's bad weight, but it, it didn't show really, you know what I mean? Yeah, not as much because you have the bigger frame on you to carry the weight. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, so you so you'd get down, you'd lose kind of the forty some odd pounds in a month and a half, which is nuts. Um, and then what would happen when you kind of hit that low level? So you hit your your maximum weight I'd loss. Pass, what happened? I passed what? my way in. I passed my way in instead of being smart and maintaining it. I'd go back to my old ways and put it back on, and then some more. You know. And so you had to, how often did you have to do the weigh-ins? Uh, every six months. Okay. Yeah. So did you just kind of leave it up until a couple of minutes, a couple of months before and be like, Oh shit, I got to do this. Otherwise I'm not going to make weight. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. And then, so the moment you have to, you finish, would you like literally do the weigh-in and then go to McDonald's or something and, and you just, you know, mung out on whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever was close by, man, we would, we would definitely go eat our weight and food. <laughs> <laughs> go celebrate, go celebrate the yep. victory. Yeah. So, okay. And um, then what was the kind of end period of that? Like, how did that kind of finish off? So, I finally, I got out in like June of 16. And then, you know, you do something for so long, I did it for, for 17 years. And you're like, what am I going to do with myself? So, I kind of turned to food as my, as my make me feel better, you know, that you fork fix of eating that, whatever you wanted. And then, as soon as you eat it, you're like, man, why did I eat that? Like, I, this is definitely not helping my problem. And so you, um, so did you get, you got to the point with the military then that you actually got uh, discharged from the military? Is that right? Yeah, I, yeah, I got out. I didn't get, I didn't get kicked out, but I got out. Okay. Yep. So you just kind of had enough at that point. And yeah. Um, yep. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yep. And so what happened? So that was 2016, did you say? Correct. Yep. And so what was the journey like after that? Um, pretty much like wandering through the wilderness because I really didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I mean, I got all these skills, but sometimes it doesn't equate to civilian jobs, you know? Mm. Like what you, what you did in the military, you're like, 
Well, I think I can do this on the outside, but then you get there and it's not all hyped up as they make a scene, you know? Yep, and so what did you end up kind of stumbling into? Uh, when I first got out, I was working uh, at a prison, running the kitchen for a prison here in Tennessee. And then it was just long hours, long hours. And, you know, I so get what kind of, hour what, getting, what kind of hours were you working? Uh, about four in the morning to about six at night, so pretty uh, much what I was used to. Yeah. And, and you, on the outside you're world, you're not getting you're not getting overtime. You're not getting paid by the hour, so it's salary. So you kind of have their at their beckoning call. Yeah, man, that's intense. And you wouldn't have seen the kids much during that period of time, I presume. No, I would go to work. They were asleep. I'd come home. They were asleep. I'd yeah. Get ready for bed. You know. And How did you find that? Uh, it was terrible because get out of the military, you think, oh man, I'm gonna get a nice. Nine to five, Monday through Friday, be home every weekend, hang out with my kids, make up for lost time, and that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, um, and did it affect your kids much at that period of time? Then, like, did they know what was going on and and understood yeah. understand what you were doing and all that? Or yeah, yeah, they knew they knew that I was working and working a lot of hours, but my oldest two started having the concept of time, like you're really never here. So, and then you know. Your wife, she's at home holding down the fort. She's running the running the nest, and then you come home and try to make rules and how you want things done. So it causes that friction. Mm. It's a good observation. I think it's especially the case nowadays that you know previously, and not that there's a right or wrong, but obviously the wife would run the household generally in the in the very olden days. Um, and so you know, as men, we would tend to do our work and provide for the family and then leave it to the wife primarily to do, you know, the, um, yeah, run the household. But then now that we've got a, the mix, which I think is still a good thing, um, it's just a challenge now that because you've got your rules, they've got their rules, and then you've got to decide who, you know, who's right, who's wrong, or you have to get together and collaborate. How did you guys find that process? Um, you definitely got to find a middle ground. Um, you can't, it can't be 70, 30, even 60, 40. It's got to be 50, 50. And you got to give up some things, and she has to give up things to where you meet in the middle. And ultimately, you're doing what's best for your family and your kids. So, I mean, you shouldn't be worried about too much. Oh, I won this battle, you lost. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be, you got to be out of. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, what happened after that? So, obviously, you guys were having a bit of battle with with that. You'd get home late. You're not seeing the kids. What What was the next step for you there? Obviously, health wise. I mean, what were you at with your health at that point? Man, I was up to like 340. Okay, wow. So you really ballooned up from kind of 260, whatever, 270, where you're at. Yeah. At the max, perf and then you hit another kind of, yeah, 60, 70 pounds on top of that. Yep. And then, yeah. I mean, I was, I was tired walking to the mailbox, tired walking upstairs. You know, I mean, there's no way to live. You can't mm. your kids because you just feel terrible all the time. Mm. Mm. And did you have weekends free then, or were you working weekends as well, or what was that? Uh, I got two days off a week, and it wasn't together. So it'd be like uh, May sometimes a Sunday, sometimes a Monday, sometimes a Wednesday. So kind of hard to plan when you really don't know what days you're going to have off. You know. What would you do when you get home? So obviously, if the kids are in bed, you know what? What do you? What do you then like? What was your nights like at that point? Man, I would eat, take a shower, stare at my phone, and then <laughs> lay down in bed, and then 
stare at your phone some more so then you don't go to sleep and then be dog tired the next morning. It was just like a like a gerbil in a wheel, man. <laughs> constant, constant. Were you getting much sleep at the time? Like, were you still getting kind of your eight hours or thereabouts, or were you staying up a no, bit? No, no, I was getting like, my average was like four and a half, five hours a night. Oh, geez. Yeah, that is tough to manage. And so what happened? Yeah. What was the what was the end of that? Like, what what was the, you know, how did you get out of that? Uh, I, found, I found an opportunity to work on the river back on a boat. So, I mean, it was kind of what I was used to, and the schedule was pretty awesome. It was You'd work 28 days, and then you were off for 28 days. So that freed up a lot more time at home. But uh, it worked out great. That month I was off, I'm hanging out with the kids. We're doing all kinds of stuff, making up for lost time. But then it came time for that 28 days to be gone, and they didn't like that very much. I bet not. That would be uh, very hard. I've never had to do the uh, fly in, fly out, or the, you know, on and off, you know, for a long period of time and then off for a long period of time as well. But um, I've had friends that have had to do that. And, yeah, I can just imagine how tough that would be to say goodbye to your kids because, you know, you're not going to see them for a month. And they, you know, after probably the first couple of times, they, they're really getting that, how the gravity of that situation. Yeah, they're like, it's awesome when you're here, but when you're gone, it's not awesome. Yeah. How did your wife handle it? Um, like I said, she, that woman is very strong. We put up with me for the last, last quite a bit of time so i mean <laughs> she she was it was just like the military time when i would be gone for a month at a time she held down the fort and basically she's the glue that held everything together yeah it sounds amazing like uh, i know my wife yeah would definitely have a hard time you know or anyone would have a hard time with that one so that's a that's a challenge in itself just to manage you know, kids every single day for an entire month and then but i must have been it must have been amazing coming home though for the months when you did come home Oh, yeah, the month home was amazing because you don't have to work. You can just, I mean, hang out with the kids all day, hang out, with, get a lot of quality time with your wife because kids are at school, so you're able to catch up on your, your honey-do list and your dad duties. So, I mean, it was it was really great. Yeah, and is that, so what what schedule are you keeping now? And so, sorry, before getting into that, what's, what was your health like then at that point? So, because that would have been interesting dynamics because you had, you know, obviously hard work while you were away, but then you had the time off while you were back. What was that? What were you doing during that period? Nothing really, man. I was just enjoying, enjoying being at home. So I really didn't try to curb. I didn't curb my eating. I didn't work out as much because I'm trying to make a, I got a month to get in all the stuff I need to get done. Then it's time to go again. And then, I was fortunate enough to land an uh, opportunity working a great job now where I work 7 to 3.30 Monday through Friday. So it was like the perfect job. So that's what you're doing now? That's what I do now. And how long have you been doing that for? Uh, since February. And I got nice. an awesome group of guys I work with. And, I mean, everybody, it's like, it's like one big family at work. So it's pretty awesome. So you must be in a pretty happy place now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and good to have that regularity to it. I reached out to you off that uh, that Facebook post, man, about a year ago, and yeah. it just changed my whole mindset about taking time for me. And then after that, it was just game on. 
So let's, let's walk a little bit through that. So we, we obviously caught up. So I'd done a Facebook post about um, I've got my Healthy Driven Dads Facebook group. You're obviously a member of that. And I put out a post. I can't remember exactly what it was, but just saying I'm just going to I've got a course that I'm doing. I'm going to want to help out 10 guys. Obviously, no cost to that. Um, it's a like a beta kind of group, beta trial group. And um, you you obviously put your hand up for that one. Um, and we got you in on that. And um, maybe just walk me through what that process was like for you. Um, so you, yeah, you reached out, man, and I was pretty much at my ropes end. I was like, I need to make a change. So it was like, it was perfect timing that you posted that on that group. And I mean, I just got tired of living the way I was. It was miserable. Like I was never happy. And then I would eat to be happy. And then after that, you feel bad for eating because you're still in the same predicament you're in. Mm. And that group, when you started that group, First thing was cut the BS, and the only person, the only person that you're, your own worst enemy is in the mirror staring at you every day, and that that person in the mirror has to change, and then you change. And what was that process like for you? So you obviously discovering that for yourself. What was your weight at the at that point in time? So obviously you retired all the time, eating, you know really, you know, un- unhealthily and, and, and hating yourself, obviously, afterwards, it sounds like, for doing that. What, what was your kind of weight at that, po- at that period of time as well? Uh, my peak weight was, uh, like, 342. Well, that was okay. the heaviest I've ever been. Yeah, and so that's when we got to know each other last year was when you were, when you were at that weight? Yep. Right around there? Yep. Okay. And um, then what was the – so, obviously, you joined. We talked a bit about what that was like initially. And then what was the process like? What did you do? to make the change. Cause I think a lot of people in this position and then they go, well, you know, I know generally what to do, but what do I, how do I do that? Like, how do I actually follow through and do that? What was that like for you? Um, you know, everybody, there's no new, uh, scheme of losing weight and dieting and all it's diet and exercise. And it's like, and it's a big part of what 70% is your diet mm. more than exercise to lose weight. And just, I had to look myself in the mirror and take an honest look and say, do I want to see my kids grow up or do I want to not make it, you know? And I was starting to have, like, high blood pressure issues, stuff like that. And I was like, I can't live like this anymore. And the only person that could change that was me. You, Your group jump-started it, but ultimately you have to make the personal decision to do it. And no matter – you have personal trainers, you have everything in the world, but it ultimately is a personal decision with yourself to get it done. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's perfect. Yeah, I, it's very much what I try and preach, obviously, is there's, there's no new information here. I mean, there's new information that comes out all the time, new studies and all that kind of thing. I think most of it's, um, you know, leads to confusion, it's information overload, or it's smoke and mirrors of it's, you know, some trial they did on something. And it's like, you can't really trust anything anyways, because um, I actually did a video about this the other day is like, at the same time, you'll have someone prove one thing, empirically improve it in some research paper, and then you'll see someone else improve the exact opposite to that thing. And some other, you know, research paper that's been peer reviewed and, you know, is widely accepted as, you know, it's, it's, it's the right, you know, it's, it's been put together the right way. So it's like, what do you believe? What do you, you know, but 
at the end of the day, there's no new, new information. It is your diet. It is your exercise and obviously your lifestyle stuff as well. So what time you're going to sleep and your water intake and all that kind of fun stuff included in that as well. But you're really trying to drive home that point of it's no new information. It's, it's all about the impl implementation of that. So what was the implementation like for you? What would you do? What did you do to actually get going? Um, really you signed us an accountability buddy and basically we held each other accountable and me and him talked every we talked every day a couple times a day through facebook messenger because actually he was he lives over in england and i'm over here in america so i mean it's crazy to take somebody all the way across the pond to, to get it right but it ultimately worked out mm. So do you feel like that was the biggest difference for you? Because that accountability buddy, it, it worked for you, for you, but some of the other guys didn't take it on board at all. So, you know, it's, it's to each their own. But why did you think that worked for you guys? Well, because you're going through somebody, you're going through with somebody that's in the same situation as you. You can go get a personal trainer that's never ate a hamburger in his life, and he's all fit. He don't know what the journey's like. He don't know your struggles. He don't know your setbacks. He don't know anything yet about you personally, you don't know that predicament. That's why, really, I mean, you're going to get on to me about eating and saying that this is, anybody can do this and that, but literally you've never had to deal with it. You've never, you've never been overweight. You've never had four kids. You've never done all that. So, I mean, mm. it's like, it's not practicing what you preach. Yeah, you've got to, it's got to be relatable and you've got to, You've got to have that connection, don't you? Otherwise, it just doesn't work. And then, so what were the steps you took? Like, what were the actual steps you then took to make the changes for yourself? Um, the biggest thing, man, cut out all the junk foods. Like, I cut out all all the chocolates. I cut out all the snack cakes, the sodas, all that. So, I mean. And did you do it pretty much cold turkey? Like, you just were like, that's it, stop? Or was it kind of a bit of a gradual process into it? I had to cold turkey it because, you know, one candy bar turns into two. I'm just going to eat candy bar once every other day. And then something comes up and you're eating them every day. And then you're eating two a day. So, I mean, it's just you have to – for me personally, I had to stop it and say no more. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, yeah, everyone's different. I, I'm very much the same way. I'm very uh, – either it's on or it's off. It's There is no in-between <laughs> because you can't – rely on yourself sometimes you do well and other times you fall in a heap and it's like oh crap so it's good to just to kind of have an all or nothing um, but other people can actually manage the moderation so it, it all depends so it's yeah good to hear that story on that so you cut out all the obviously the sodas the um all the yeah, little kind of snack you know candy bars um all the junk food um and then what else what was next after that or was that literally it or no i mean uh Instead of fried food, I would eat something baked or broiled or grilled. Um, I cut out a lot of the, like the processed carbs, like, you know, the macaroni in the box and stuff like that. And started eating pretty much spinach, lettuce, like a lot of raw vegetables and a lot of uh, just clean meat. And what was that like eating, going into um, eating, like, from... <laughs> eating a Snickers bar to having raw vegetables. Was that an easy thing for you to do? No, it was miserable. <laughs> because your body has been getting fueled by crap for so long. You're like, why am I, why am I doing this to myself? Why? I feel so much better when I eat that candy bar. 
instead of eating this Spanish wrap or something, you know, it's just, it's just tricking your mind. And did you do all the prep work for all that? And, or, or did your wife help you out or how did you go about that? Uh, I did, I did a lot of the prep work. My wife did too. I told her what I was planning on doing and she, she hopped on board. So she quit making me all the stuff I liked and then started making me the stuff I should. Nice, man. No, that's fantastic. And uh, what else? What else did you kind of incorporate into it? So you've obviously you're cutting out the crap, then you're adding obviously some good food, raw vegetables, lean meats, and that kind of thing back in. What and else was yeah, what I, was next? Water, man. Water, water, water. I mean, you can get so like I would wake up in the morning, first thing in the morning, I drink a glass of water, so then I'm not I'm not smashing six eggs and bacon and everything else at breakfast. Mm. Mm. You gotta you gotta start the day off with your water so you don't try to fill yourself up a little bit so you're not eating so much. Mm. And uh, how much water are you drinking in a day? Out of curiosity. About a gallon a day. Okay. Yep. Yeah, nice. Yep. Yeah. That's good. And what were those the results like for you? How did, when did you start seeing changes? Within the first week, man, I was. You actually, you actually feel better drinking water, vice sodas and sweet tea and all that stuff. I mean, it's amazing. Like you hear it all the time, drink more water, and then you actually do it, and it's like, I actually do feel better. You not, <laughs> you don't get yeah. the, you don't get the sugar crash after drinking your sodas and whatnot. But I mean, it's still every day's a struggle, man. As soon as we ended that beta group, it's kind of like the, the team separates and. You fall back into your old habits, and then yeah. So you actually did fall into habits. So we did. did. Um, how long? How long was our group for? Was it six weeks or something like that? Six eight weeks. Yeah, it was six weeks. Yeah. But I mean, we yes. were having we were having issues. You know, there were some guys. They signed up for the group, and then you didn't hear nothing from them until you forced their hand, and then you had some people that were there every day posting stuff. So mm. I mean. Yep. You only get out of life what you put into it, you know. So, but then once the team, once the team separated, I was like, it's easy to get back in those back habits because you're not talking to your accountability buddy all the time. Mm, just, mm. Man, life life happens. Holidays, everything else. You just you fall back. It's easier to go back to your old habits than to make a constant change, you know. Yeah, it's one of the major things for me that I'm trying to figure out and wrap my head around at the moment how to fix that because I would really, you know. Is, and it's such a common thing. I worked in um, a lot of government-funded programs as well over the last you know, six years or so. Um, and it's a very common thing. Like what happens is you get funded for a six-week, 12-week, whatever program, and everyone always sees results because they, of course, because you know, it's government-funded, they want to make sure there's outcomes to it. So they'll, they'll make sure that all the results are there. Cool, yeah, that everyone's you know, improving in strength or losing a bit of weight or, or whatever the thing is. Um, but then as soon as it stops the the support stops then everyone drops off and so how do we you know it's one of the big questions i have is how do i how do we fix that um not that you have to have an answer to that but what you know what do you think is it do you have any kind of thoughts about how that would have worked better for you to kind of continue on i think part of it was me just this is done and over with so now i mean nobody's there to hold you accountable so i mean who's really going to call you out on doing what you're doing, you know? Mm. And then, I mean, I had lost like 20-something pounds doing that, that six-week span. That was yeah, right. And then, 
the holidays hit me and it was a wrap. I was back up in the 330s, 340s, and it was like I just kind of, like I felt myself. Like I really let myself down, and then in turn I'm letting my kids down and my wife down because I'm not there being able to do the things I need to do as a dad. Because ultimately, whatever we do, every decision we make affects our family. Mm. You know, and mm. good or bad. Mm. And, you know, again, it's one of those things that like one of the purposes or, or the focus I try and bring around the dad's um, group and the dad's you know, health focus is around living the longest, most active life you can with your kids. I think it's good in theory. The trouble, though, is that it's such a long term thing because, you know, you can survive now. You can get through now because we're, you know, if you're in your 30s or early 40s, you're OK. But then things start creeping up and then you, it doesn't probably ever hit it. Well, at some point, it hits a too late point but it's not that for a long time and so it's good to have that you know i want to live, live the longest most active life i can with my kids and be there now and in the future and you know hold my grandkids all that kind of thing but it's not tangible in this moment as much um it's not a in your face you know like okay i need to not eat this cheeseburger because i don't you know want to die of a heart attack in 10 years or something like that it's like it's not it's not as present in the now um, and I think people tend to, if it's not rooted in this very moment, what, how it's going to affect you right now, then people tend not to stick to it. Do you, what do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I do. That and, and the biggest thing for me is your kids are many me's, you know? I mean, literally, you got to think to yourself, do I want my kids to struggle with their weight their whole life? Do I need them to crash diet? Do I need them to have all these bad habits and have bad health? Because, I mean... You see it now. The younger generations, man, they're putting weight on faster than we did when we were younger, you know? And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just you don't want your kids to have your bad habits. You don't want your kids to have the same failures you had growing up, you know? You want to set the, you want to be the best dad you can be and set the example, but unless you're willing to show them the right way, then there's, history repeats itself, you know? Uh, yeah, no, that's a great that's a great way to put it. So what happened then? So you were kind of hit that back to you dropped the weight through the program. Obviously, the program worked, which is great. Um, but then it wasn't a continuation of that. Um, then your weight kind of crept back up. Then what happened? Um, my new job is uh, all outside work, so it's physical labor, pretty demanding, and it's just it's me and one other guy, and we're a team. So I mean, he's got a he holds up his hand. I got to hold up my hand. And I was getting wore out doing the work we were doing. And I was like, man, I got to make a change. And then right about March time is when I started. I said, no more. No more waking up terrible. No more barely getting out of bed to be able to walk because you're so sore from all this extra weight. And I was, I was like, I got to make a change. And then it was almost like a light switch. And I... I'm not promoting Fitbit at all, but I got a Fitbit, and I'm trying to get all my little rings green every day. So that's, that's a big thing that motivates me. Me and my wife both have uh, exercise trackers, and we try to we try to outdo each other now. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you had that for? Since about I got it in December, and I really started hitting it hard like February, January, February, March, and then March is when I really kicked it in. Yeah, right, right now I'm and getting like 15,000 steps a day, so I'm trying to get it up there, you know? 
Yeah, it's, no, you're smashing it. And uh, I know you sent me the a pic of, uh, or a screenshot of, you know, your latest kind of result on that. And I saw it, I was like, yeah, man, you're, you're doing well. So I was very happy for you on that side. What are the different, what are the different spaces in that? So it's obviously the steps. What else is in there that are the uh, green rings? Yeah. Basically, it just keeps track of your heart rate and then how much water you intake and everything else. But I think the biggest thing for me is weight loss and health. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And, I mean, you see the, half the commercials on TV today about quit exercise and take this pill, take this magic drink, put this wrap on your belly. And it's almost like these, it's almost literally it's a scam. It's like the old people back in the old days selling their snake oils, you know, and you just have to realize it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you, you have to set goals like little milestones to where you're not, Oh, I only lost two pounds this week. And last week I lost five pounds. So, I mean, I must be failing. So it's time to go eat a cheeseburger. You just have to stay the course. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. And so in that space, you know, it, it sounds like you're the way you've been able to maintain it so far in this in this period is that because your job is physically demanding. And so and that's what's good to have are things like uh, I heard it somewhere. Some the way you explain it is like it's called st making things sticky. If you want something to, to stay with your life, you got to make it sticky in your life. And so for you, it might be the fact that you've got a job that's physically demanding and the jobs there every single day. It's not going away, you know, anytime soon. It's not like a, the, our beta group, as you were saying before, it's for a period of time and then it stops. Whereas this is like, this is everyday life for you. And you were feeling fatigued and like, you were just sick of, you know, hurting every day. And it, it was so hard because it's a physical job. So it sounds like that might've been a bit of the catalyst for change for you is the fact that, well, it's there every single day. So I better make a change and it's going to stay with you more because um, you're going to stick to it more because of the fact that it's not, that's not going, your, your job's not going away anytime soon. So you've got to maintain it. You've got to keep getting better at it. Yep. And you just gotta, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to have any accidents at work, you know? And I mean, what you intake in your body and what you do on your time off affects your job. And if you don't have a job, you don't have money and you can't take care of your family, you know? So, I mean, it's all secular how it's one big circle, you know? Mm. And so where's the, how, how's the goal? How's the progress at the moment? Where are you, where are you sitting at the moment? Um, I'm down to 305, I think, as of the other day. So I'm like, yeah. I'm getting ready to break that threshold and be in the 200 for the first time in a long time. And yeah. ultimately my goal is to get down to about like 210, 215 and maintain it. So Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I know one of the guys, the first interview I did for the podcast, a guy named Andy Miller, I saw him actually come on this uh, live stream here. A second ago, he, uh, yeah, he was at like, you know, 260, 270, I think. And, you know, now he's done like 180, something like that. So, you know, you know, it can absolutely be done. You just got to put that effort in and, and it's over the long term. It's not going to happen tomorrow. That's the, that's the, you know, the huge thing that we all want that result immediately. Otherwise, you know, we throw our hands in the air and say it's not working, but it's just con the consistency and keeping it, keeping it real and keeping it in front of you at all times. And I think that one of another big thing for me is like, yes, you're doing it for your family and you're doing it for your kids, but the only way to be successful, man, is you got to do it for yourself because just think of all the happy moments you have as a dad. Birthday parties, uh, outdoor activities, vacations, all that. And you're feeling bad about yourself. Why you want to go do all that, you know? 
why you're not going to put yourself out there because you're afraid to see what you look like out in public. I know for me, I had a lot of social anxiety. I didn't want to go out and I didn't want to go be around people because I'm ashamed of myself the way I let myself go, you know. And ultimately, if you want to change, you got to tell yourself you're going to change for you. You got to take that time for you as a dad because we already give so much, man. You work, you got to provide for your family, keep them safe. So there's very little time for you. So you have to carve it out when you can. Uh, fantastic point. I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. I think that resonated that would that resonated with me. I'm sure that'll resonate with everyone else. You've you've really got to. Um, and it's what I preach as well, obviously. Um, so we're of the same cut from the same cloth on that side. It's like you've got to put the effort in for yourself. Sure, you want to do it for your family, and it's going to have amazing results for you know um, your your health. But it's you know at the end of the day, it's got to be for you because you want to do it, not because someone's telling you to do it or because of your kids, you're going to do it. Like you might do it a little bit, but it's not going to keep you long term. It's not going to stay keep you focused over the long term. So yeah, it's a great way to great way to put that. Have you have you seen it affect your kids at all? Um, the changes that you've made? Yeah, because they like we go outside and play now. We go do stuff out. Like my both my little kids, they were actually in the sports this uh, summer, so I was actually got to help coach on their teams. So I actually had the energy to do it. So, nice. I mean, what what sport was it? Uh, t-ball, t-ball and baseball. Nice. Yeah. And how was that feeling to be able to be a part of that? Uh, great. It was. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome because you don't really. Like you see other dads doing it, and you're like, I bet that's pretty cool. But when you actually do it, and yeah, man, it's just it's, you want to keep going. Yeah, good man. It's, it's again, it keeps that motivation going, and it's uh, leading by example, which is obviously what you're doing in that space. Unbelievable. Um, and so, yeah, you've talked about kind of what your ultimate goal is on that side, and what are you doing to kind of manage things at the moment? So, what's your what's your routine look like as far as what are you doing to you know eating wise, and what are you doing generally with your exercise? Um, I do. A, I've been doing a lot more uh, walking because I'm still at the weight I'm at now. The doctors really don't want me to run, run. So just because all the weight on your knees and ankles. But I mean, for people larger, larger gentlemen, walking is just as effective as running at this at this point. And then um, my diet, I try to eat a good breakfast. I try to eat a light lunch and then a decent dinner. And then pretty much being out like today, the heat index was 107. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a hot, hot one today. You don't want to, yeah, you don't really don't want to eat a lot of lunch because then you're going to feel terrible the rest of the day. So just try to hydrate a lot and keep working through it. I try to I try to walk every day or and lift weights a couple times a week so in between work. So you have a gym membership then? Uh, I do. I do have a gym membership and then – just like my neighborhood I live in is very, there's no traffic. So it's very conducive to walking and running. No, that's great. And uh, what kinds of stuff do you do at the gym? You said lifting just weights. Of, yeah, just a lot of weights. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a spring chicken, so you really can't lift super heavy like we used to. But you just do, I just do enough to try to tone up a little bit, you know. Yep. Get some decent muscle mass in there. Yep. Yeah, that's good. And, um, you know, I think interwoven through all this is, you know, the mental health side as well. How have you found that 
that journey for you from the mental health because you know you can as you were saying being anxious going out you didn't want to go out you know you didn't want to be judged and feel bad about yourself and all that kind of thing um obviously through your career that you've you know been doing and then how the hours you've had to work and the sacrifices you've had to make how does the mental health side play in the in the whole picture for you um you gotta be in a right you have to be in the right mental state to take on this journey of losing weight i mean but i mean you you feel bad about eating the junk food but then you feel good while you're eating it but then over time something changes you start losing weight start feeling better, you're not so tired, you're not so sluggish, you just start feeling better about yourself, man, your clothes fit better, and you can do more things with your kids, so that puts you, ultimately puts you in a better mood, and it puts the people around you in a better mood, and then it just, you want to keep feeling that way, so you just keep progressing, keep chugging along. So it's that, you know, baby steps forward, just incremental improvements, see the result, feel better about that result, keep what entices you to keep moving forward in that same direction, and then you get better results again because you're moving the same direction, and it just keeps kind of perpetuating itself. Is that how you found it to be best for you? Pretty much like the snowball effect. You start up at the top, and by the time you get to the bottom, you're rolling. Mm. Fantastic, man. Um, well, that's I really appreciate you taking the time to you know share your journey because, again, like I said before, I think it's such a relatable journey that you've been on and obviously still going through that we all go through as dads and trying to, you know, navigate through this life as well as trying to make sure we do what we can for ourselves and be healthy for ourselves and not just for ourselves, as you said, but with our kids as well. So really appreciate you coming on. Anything else you want to do? Um, Ed, anything else you wanted to share while we, while we had the time together? Yeah, man, nobody just for all the dads out there, nobody's perfect. And you, I'm not eating clean every day. Sometimes you have a setback because life happens, you know, and it's just don't get down on yourself and just from just reset and make the right decision the next time. I mean, really, just you're not going to – you can't be on the straight and narrow all the time. Nobody's perfect. So it's just what you do yourself when you fall down. you got to get back up. Yep. Fall down seven times, stand up eight, I think is a good quote that comes with that. Yes, sir. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I really appreciate it again um, you having on. And, uh, yeah, keep kicking ass and keep uh, keep that journey going, my friend. Appreciate it, Miles. Thanks for your time, man. I really enjoyed it. That's this week's episode of the Be There Dad Show. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.